This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. Muck Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with Muck Delivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Welcome back to the channel and welcome back to another edition of the Spurs Chat Podcast. I should call this podcast the International Spurs Chat Podcast because my three very special guests today are from Northern Ireland, from Malta and from Italy. Let's introduce them. We've got Simone back with us, of course, journalist, Italian journalist, director of Football Station and pundit on Sport Italia. Simone, lovely to have you back. How are you? I'm fine, mate. I'm fine, Chris. Uh, of course, uh, as usually, a privilege to be here alongside you, guys. Well, lovely to have you here. Of course, we've got Melvin all the way from Malta. Melvin, how are you? Yeah, yeah I'm good, Chris. Um, just enjoying some sun. It's obviously wait. And uh, yeah, I'm just excited for the new season and, and to see what, what's going to happen under the new manager. So. I'm always excited around this time of year. You don't know if the team's going to be excellent or if it's going to be, you know, really bad. So we don't know. Well, there is certainly a lot to talk about. That is exactly why we're doing this podcast this evening. We've also got Gareth McGuinness back with us. Of course, your wafer licensed football coach and host of the 12th Man podcast. Gareth, lovely to have you here. How are you? It's uh, about Melvin and, and the sun. It's thunder and lightning here in Northern, Northern Ireland. So uh, different circumstances. <laughs> well, lovely to have you here, Gareth. Um, Simone, let's start the show with you. Um, of course, breaking news earlier from Sky Germany stating um, that uh, Bayern Munich have placed an 80 million euro bid for Tottenham Hotspur striker Harry Kane. 80 million euros plus add-ons. What do you make of this news? Um, do you think that Harry Kane does have a price, or do you think whatever any team offers, Daniel Levy will say no? Yeah, of course, guys. Uh, we are talking about uh, Ari, one of the greatest strikers in the world. You know, there are the likes of uh, Karim Benzema, there are the likes of uh, Lewandowski, there are the likes of uh, Erling Haaland. But we're talking one of the best. And uh, 
one of the best uh, is going to be the captain of Tottenham if Ugojeris will leave the club. You know, I will never sell Harry Kane, but of course, you know more than me that uh, his, his contract is going to be expiring uh, at the end of next June. So, if you're going to quit a chapter of uh, nine years, building by Pochettino, closing by, close by Mourinho and Conte, you need to start again. You need to start again a new chapter, and maybe there is no better summer to, to salary and to build again without him. Because, of course, he, he is the best player for Tottenham. And if you want to join Bayern Munich, of course, Bayern Munich for, for every Spurs fan is better than Manu, Chelsea, Newcastle, Arsenal, or uh, Man City, or every, every direct club. So, what can I say? Uh, it would be a very, very huge blow to Lozari. But uh, if you think about the... The recent history, there is no better moment to, to sell him if you want to sell him. Of course, I, I know for sure that everyone, uh, every, every Spurs fan will never, say, will never say goodbye to him. Simone, some fans at the moment are saying that it is an insult with this offer uh, to Tottenham for Harry Kane. And some yeah. are saying, you know, cash in uh, because, of course, he could leave on a free transfer next year. Would you cash in on him right now? <clears throat> Yeah, of course he's a Daniel Levy Tosk, <laughs> so uh, we will never, we will never cash in uh, me, you guys. <laughs> so uh, maybe if you wanna start from zero, and uh, this is like the summer for, for for Tottenham, I think that it's the right summer to sell in, to sell him if we wanna get rid of him to to cash in. But you know, uh, if you wanna. So, find someone like him is going to be almost impossible and of course we are talking about the Volker Slager and if you want to go maybe uh, regrettably I don't think there is a better summer to let him go because we need to start back from zero we've got Ainge Postecoglou we need to build back from absolutely zero and if you want to build again a great uh, era a great era of uh, success you need to, to sell him now because in the next couple of years, guys, uh, Spurs need just players that really want to play for Tottenham Hotspur. Melvin, let's come to you. Now, Sky Germany earlier on stated that Bayern Munich have submitted a second offer, new offer, 80 million euros plus add-ons. The first offer was 70 million euros plus add-ons, and that was rejected. And Sky Sports have stated that Harry Kane definitely wants to join Bayern Munich. Do you think he definitely wants to join Bayern Munich? Quite a lot yesterday. Um, if you're in Harry Kane's shoes and you think, how do I want to, if, if I were to cut ties with Spurs, how would I want to be remembered? Would, would you want people to say, oh, Harry Kane scored a lot of goals, but he left for free? You know, I wouldn't want people to say that. That would be the next thing people would say. Oh, Harry Kane, brilliant, amazing, my favorite player. But he left Spurs for free. But on the other hand, you, do you really want to say he left too early and, and he didn't give Postokoglu a chance? There's two sides to this. Are you, are, I'm willing, honestly, to risk 60, 70, 80 million just to see Spurs, just sorry, just to see Harry Kane at Spurs for another 30, 40 games. I'd rather see him play 
this amount of games for Spurs and then leave at a 31 year old in your prime. And then if he really wants to leave, he can assess the situation for another year and then take the decision he wants. The power re- really is in his hands. I don't think Levy, as much as he wants to have all the power, I don't think he has any at this point in time. I think he, he'll probably try to weigh his options. You know, if, if he can get a fee this season, he'll try to see what's the most amount of money he can get out of Bayern Munich. And if it's 90 million euros, euros we're talking, we're, that's clearly not enough. I think if they're touching like the 120 million euros, which I don't think Bayern Munich will even come remotely close to, I think then you'll start to entertain the question, yeah, we can sell him for that money because we can immediately spend it on, you know, the new centre-backs, the, the, the young striker, and we can... And we can avoid this whole discussion again next summer when he's about to leave on a free. And we, we start to think, oh, he's going to go to Liverpool or he's going to go to Manchester City. He's going to go to Man United. He's going to go, God forbid, to Chelsea. You know, if we sell him out of the Premier League, you know, we get, we get a fee for him. And... It's you could see both sides to the story. There's positives and negatives to everything, and it's a way for Kane to say, "Listen, I scored this amount of goals for Tottenham Hotspur, a club that I love, but I didn't leave for free like other people in the past." And and it's it's in a, in a way we shake hands. We've lost big players before. It's a shame that. It, it will be a shame not to see him under Postacoglu, you know, the most attacking manager we've had arguably since since Pochettino. And um, and not to give it a go. Like, I, I can see both sides to it. I think every every two, three days, I wake up with a new... with an, uh, every, every morning I say, no, we keep him. We keep him at all costs. And then the next day I say, oh, no, we sell him. We get the money in. I cannot decide myself. And I love Harry Kane. So I don't... This is a, this is a headache. I think for Daniel Levy and and whoever's in charge, you know, the Spurs board. And Postokoglu, listen, Postokoglu will ask the right questions. He'll he'll ask Levy, he'll say, you know, with an Australian accent, if if a guy I think it'll be quite funny, because he'll say, What if we sell him? You know, he'll ask these questions. I think he's that type of character. He won't be afraid. He won't be afraid with that sort of challenge. He'll say, Listen, we sell we sell him. If he wants to if he wants to leave, he's if he doesn't want to commit to the project, we'll sell him and we'll move on. I think he speaks so well and he knows how to handle the media. This won't drag on. I remember the Gareth Bale saga when AVB was asked so many questions and then and then he left. And then a journalist said, are you sick of the Gareth Bale questions now? And he said, yeah, I am actually. I think Postokoglu will end it within the first couple of interviews. I think he's such he has such a powerful stance with the media and, and, and such a nice character. And he'll say, listen, this guy, if he wants to be part of the project, he'll address it immediately and vice versa. I, I, in a strange way, I trust that the club will, will, will come to the right conclusion because either or will be sort of a good conclusion because we're going to sell a really powerful asset and then invest it into the club. And if we keep him, we're going to keep one of the best players we've had in the in the Premier League and we go again 
So whatever happens this season, I'm excited either or. It's not like it's going to be the end of the world. I mean, we've already recruited quite well and we seem to be heading in the right direction already. But I don't want to keep going on. I want to give the guys a chance to speak. But I only Melvin, see... Do, just, just very quickly, do you think that Harry Kane wants to stay at Spurs or do you think he wants the move to Bayern Munich? He wishes he wins trophies here. But he's he, he's at an age where, at the same time, when a club... He wants to be playing Champions League football at 31 years old. Or, sorry, 30 years old. He's going to be 30 soon, just just like me. He's in his absolute prime of his life. And, <laughs> and um, yeah, he he's only a few weeks older than me, but he plays for spares and I play, you know, five-a-side football. So, but but yeah... He's in his prime and he wants to be playing Champions League football. He wants to be playing against the absolute best. So for him not to have that, I think I think he doesn't like it. Obviously, he wants to 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 win. He wants to win stuff. And in the last two seasons, obviously he's not seen it. I think we were given another chance and we tried it with Conte and, and we went for it. And obviously it wasn't enough. And now we went a different route. Does he have the patience to to say, yeah, I'll stay with Tottenham. I will commit myself and and let's go through another rebuild, another project. I think unless they can convince him in and about, if they don't sell him this summer, and then they can convince him by Christmas, and we were playing absolutely incredible football. There's no way that that he will stay. But it's a it's a tricky situation. I mean, no one knows. I'm sure. I'm sure by by December we will say, "Oh, we should have done that." But in this present moment, no one knows what the correct decision is. No one. I mean, you can take a chance on Harry and keep him and risk him leaving for free, but there's so many variables to this to this saga, and and uh, it's it's really tricky. Gareth, let's come to you. Um, the Athletic have also stated that Bayern have made a second bid for Harry Kane for around €80 million Euros plus add-ons. Fabrizio Romano has also confirmed it, saying Bayern have submitted their second bid for Kane, confirmed, now waiting for the official answer from Spurs. Um, Harry Kane is due back at Hotspur Way training on Wednesday, the 12th of July. Um, that has got to probably be 24, 48 hours before uh, the club and uh, the players, Postacoglu, etc., fly off to Perth, Australia for the summer tour. Do you expect Harry Kane to be on that plane or do you think he wants to move, move to Bayern Munich? No, nah, he'll be on the plane. Um, no doubt about that. Um, Chris, there's so many different ways you can look at this. Um, I don't necessarily agree with Melvin that Ange's accent's going to make any difference to where Kane's days or goes, but um, there's, so, there's so many ways you can look at it. I think that it all comes down to Bayern Munich, really. I think I think Spurs will sell for the right price. And when I say right price, I think an offer that they can't refuse, Chris, because the word I'm hearing is that he's going to be presented with a new contract this week, assuming before they even jet off. Um, now, I think it will be some sort of a year or two extension with a, a wage raise. Um, Melvin makes some good points about, you know, do you let it run on the Christmas? I think the problem is, Chris, I, I think if he doesn't sign the contract, this week or during the summer, what's going to be different at Christmas? You know, because we're not going to have won a trophy by Christmas. You know, we could be in a semi-final in January, but sure, there's no guarantee we're going to have won that. You know, if we're sitting third in the table, 
come Christmas, there's no guarantee we'll be there at the end of the season. I think if he had two years left, there is a chance he will let it run run on and then possibly sign next summer. I think if he's going to sign the contract, that's going to be in this transfer window. Um, but, you know, that 70 million bud, 80 million euros, 70 million sterling, um, that will be rejected. There's no doubt about that. Um, I think Bayern Munich are at least 30 to 40 million short of Spurs even considering the bud. I think they'll have to get the 100 million sterling um, or, or at least... 100 million euros plus add-ons that would make it up to 100 million sterling for Spurs. They even consider selling them. Um, and and I don't see Bayern doing that because we've seen this bud come in two weeks ago, the 60 million. It's taken them, it's taken them an hour or two weeks to put an hour 10 million euros in front of it. You know, I was expecting but, uh, to come back at least 80 million. But, but there have been many reports stating that Harry Kane and Thomas Tuchel have met to discuss the possible move. Do you believe those stories? Do you believe that those meetings actually took place? And if they did, then surely Thomas Tuchel would have sold the uh, sold the dream to Harry Kane about winning trophies at uh, Bayern Munich. Do you think that's happened? Do you think he he is interested in the move? I think he could be interested in the move, but I would I would I would be very very surprised if they met in person because there would be photographs or you you would have seen something. You know, there's a good chance they maybe had a conversation on the phone or it was done through intermediaries. We know that Harry Kane's brother is driving this deal. Um, they get it, they, it's no secret. He's want he wants them to go to Man City. You know, Chris, interestingly, all the noise is coming from Germany. You know, the athletic and um uh our 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 sources close to the club, your Alistair Golds, your Dan Kilpatrick's, Charlie, you know, they they are usually very, very spot on when it comes to Spurs, but they almost seem to be coming on behind the German sources here at the moment. Now, I'm not saying that their information is incorrect. They do seem to be getting fed the information, but how much of it is true, um, you know, that, that's up for it a bit. I, I, I would be very surprised if Kane hasn't had some sort of conversation with Bayern Munich, whether that's himself or through an intermediary, because we know how football works, Chris. Um, this is what kind of happens in the modern day game, because... Bayern Munich would not be wasting their time offering this kind of money if Kane had no interest in joining him. So I, I do think Kane probably does want to go. Um, you know, I be, being in a very, very low amateur level of football, if I'm trying to get a player, I speak to the player before I even approach the club. Now, there's no money involved because it's it's kids' football, but you still have a conversation with the parents and the, and the kid himself before you even go to the club because you're wasting your time going to the club if the, if the kid wants to stay. So it's not obviously the same. But you know, you do. It's just how modern football works. You'd be wasting your time if 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 he doesn't want to go. Now, from a hurricane perspective, this is the one thing I don't really understand. You know, you see very very few world class footballers at the peak of their career going to Germany from England. We've seen it with Sancho and Bellingham from a young age going to Germany, but eventually looking to leave to go to an league. Bellingham was heavily linked with a move here, ends up going to Real Madrid in the La Liga. And then Sancho come back here to Manchester United. So, you know, it's a strange one that way. I'm not saying Bayern Munich's not a big club. You know, they're a massive club, but the but it, this is quite you know they do, they don't usually sign world class footballers in their prime. And if you look at it, sixty five millions a record fee for a player, and it was it was delit. Um, so they've never ever went above sixty five. Therefore, they've come seventy now. I don't see them coming in at a hundred million. Therefore, I don't really see Kane could. Kane could, you know, really want to go, but unless they make Spurs an offer, and I'm hearing a lot of people say, well, he's only got one year left on his contract. Harry Kane's got got the power. He doesn't really because he's under contract for at least one more year. So it is down to the club, Chris. I think they have to make Spurs an offer. They feel they can't refuse. If they get the £100 million, 
you know, there is a conversation to be had because you're getting on the territory where if he's not going to sign a contract, the, the big pros would be that you're selling to a German club. Therefore, he can't. you're not selling to a rival. Because I do think if he if he doesn't sign a contract, we keep him in our season. There's a good chance he goes to our English team next year. Um, and the only pro of us keeping him for one more year is if he gets us back into the top four. Therefore, your Champions League revenue, you know, legates some of that fee that we would lose out. You know, I think it's around 50 million qualification money. So if we're turning down 70 or 80 million, if Bayern Munich only get to that, then you're looking at a 20 or 30 million loss. And if, them, if he scores you 30 goals to get you into the top four, then, you know, I would I would take that all day because I don't see us finishing in the top four without Harry Kane this season, Chris. So it's there's so many ways you can look at it, but that's kind of where I'm at. You know, if 100 million comes in, I will be prepared to sell him. But unless we get that 100 million, I would I would keep him. It could be 100 million though, Gareth, because when you say plus add-ons, it could be another 10 million if Bayern Munich win the Champions League. It could be another five to 10 million pounds if they win uh, the Bundesliga. So, you know, we don't really know how much it is. So, you do think Harry Kane does have a figure on his head from Daniel Levy because many reports have come out before stating that Daniel Levy will say no, whatever the bid is. Do you believe that that is true or do you believe that Harry Kane does actually have a price? I'm not saying he's got an he's got an actual price. You know, the the price for Rice was £100 million. You know, that was pretty evident that West Ham wanted £100 million for Declan Rice. But I think with Kane, it's, it's you know, if it's anywhere in between kind of number, I think £100 million is the minimum he would take. Um, you know, and as I said, if this is Real Madrid, Chris, I would be feeling less confident because Real Madrid are the type of team that would throw money down for mm. for Kane. I don't see Bayern Munich first that's going to make Daniel Levy. I'm not, I'm not you know, there's a chance Harry or uh, Daniel Levy would probably would reject 100 million. I'm not saying he would definitely take it. I'm saying personally, for me, it's a minimum of 100 million. I feel for Spurs to even have a conversation. Um, and, and that's kind of where I'm at with it. You know, I've, I, I feel. They're going, to, they're going to throw a huge increase. And we already know he's on huge goal bonuses. But it's whether he wants to they, they wait around. Um, they see, you know, if he signs his contract, he's taking a big chance. The only other thing that I can see maybe in it is um, there will be a certain release clause in it next summer. The, a non-Premier League team, you know, of maybe 100 million if he was to sign an hour-year contract. And that probably mm. would take Spurs and Harry Kane if things weren't to go well with um, Spurs this season. But as I said, so many ways you can look at it, Chris. But for me, you know, yeah. I'm in the camp of you're going to have to put 100 million down for, for me to, to even think about it if I'm Daniel Levy. So, man, let's come to you. Uh, before I get your thoughts on Tottenham's business in the transfer window so far, um, just before we went live, um, Italian journalist and transfer expert Fabrizio Romano has just stated that Monday will be Manor Solomon Day at Tottenham. He will be arriving in London later this evening. Medical tests are scheduled for Monday. Contract will be signed in the next 24 to 48 hours. Solomon joins Spurs as a free agent from Shakhtar Donetsk, as reported last week. Here we go, confirmed. What do you make of uh, Tottenham's business so far and uh, the possible signing or the confirmed signing from Fabrizio Romano of Manor Solomon? Well, uh, Chris, if you compare uh, Tottenham's status uh, of today, with uh, Tottenham status of uh, two or three years ago, of course we are uh, we are a level behind, definitely. And uh, answering to your question, Manuel Solomon is a good uh, addiction to the squad. Of course, we are talking about someone that is not gonna start the game for Tottenham Hotspur because you've got the likes of Kulusevski, Charles on Sony, even if uh, Harry Kane is gonna stay at the club, and uh, you've you had got. 
Nanjuma, but Nanjuma has got a, a, a transfer price of uh, 30 million pounds. And uh, if you want to go to buy someone that is not going to start in your game, of course, it's easier. And uh, I completely agree this time to Daniel Levy, with Daniel Levy to, to buy the cheapest option, that is uh, Manuel Solomon, because uh, Shakhtar Donetsk uh, had got their troubles and uh, they knew they had to, to get rid of uh, this kind of players. So Manuel Solomon, uh, as a free agent, uh, 23 years old, I think that uh, it could be a bad game. It could be a bad game. We are not talking about a starter, definitely, because, uh, you know, Kulsesk on the right, Sonny on the left. If Ari is going to stay, maybe Sonny in between or, uh, or Richarlison after Ari. I think that Salomon could be a good backup option for, uh, for Tottenham in terms of their attacking options. So it's a good deal. It's a good deal because, of course, uh, you had Danjuma, but for a backup option, you couldn't spend almost 30 million pounds. So I think that uh, Daniel Levy made, made once the right, the right deal for, uh, for Manor Salomon. And then secondly, guys, uh, answering to your question, uh, I think that is a brilliant, a brilliant transfer market, a brilliant, a really brilliant transfer market because, of course, there are the likes of uh, Man City, Man United, Arsenal, Chelsea, and uh, everyone uh, above of Tottenham right now after uh, three years. And you need to buy to build uh, in secret, in silence, uh, step after step. And I strongly think that uh, Daniel Levy and Scott Moon are doing the right, the right, the right movements. Simone, can I ask you your opinion on uh, Guillermo Vicario? Because, of course, you watch Italian football uh, week in, week out. Um, can you tell us uh, some more about him that perhaps Spurs fans won't know? Wow. Wow. Uh, I read so many things about him in the last couple of weeks. Of course, I'm going to start him, by the way, that it's the first time ever, maybe it's the first time ever, that Daniel Levy decided to buy the second cheapest option. But this time, the second option is far better than the first option, guys. It's an historical moment for Tottenham. Guys, you know, I, I know for certain, 100% that uh, you know already, at least a little part of Italian football, guys. Gareth, Chris and Melvin. But trust me, trust me, you know. Provedel is the goalkeeper of Lazio, second in the table. Mere is the keeper of Naples, first in the table. They managed to win the Scudetto. Of course, everyone also in England knew, already knew, Donnarumma, that he is the first keeper of Italy, of Italian national team, and of course, is the best. But, secondly, for me, trust me, the second best keeper in Italy is Guglielmo Vicario. Everyone asked me on WhatsApp about uh, uh, the way he developed his building from the back. Everyone is, was asking me about his feet, but trust me, guys, Maybe David Raya was the first option in terms of uh, building up from the back. But for me, the keeper has to stop the shots of the opponents. 
So you both, you just both one of the best young keepers in Europe. Unbelievable. And for me, everyone knows that uh, Manu are uh, releasing the Gea, but are trying to, to buy uh, Onana from Inter de Milan. Inter de Milan were absolutely sleeping because their first option was, of course, Guglielmo Vicario. Of course, in England, no one knows Empoli. Empoli are a small town, a small club in Italy. But trust me, guys, sometimes in football, things like that can happen. Guglielmo Vicario is one of the best young keepers in Europe. So, uh, absolutely congrats. I don't know if, if it's still Paratici that is helping Daniel Levy, but trust me, you just bought someone that is going to be a absolutely crack in the next few years. Trust me, guys. It's funny, I've seen so many clips of, uh, of shot stopping, which, uh, yeah. you know, the clips have looked absolutely unreal, but I haven't really seen a lot of clips about, you know, of him playing out from the back. Can you, uh, can you assure us that playing out from the back, uh, he's, uh, he's, he's a lot better than Hugo Lloris? I'm going to remember you that you are going to speaking with an Italian journalist. And if I'm Italian, first of all, I'm going to defend him. <laughs> so for me, to defend is the most important thing in, uh, in a world of football. Uh, jokes apart. And, um, you know, he's going to, is able to play from the back. But if you, you want to have a monstrous goalkeeper that is able to shoot whatever he wants, I'm sure that Guglielmo Vicario is going to be one of the greatest, trust me, uh, one of the greatest goalkeeper in the world in the next one, two or three years, guys. Uh, of course, in Italy, we've got Donnarumma, that is uh, the goalkeeper of PSG, Paris Saint-Germain. And uh, for me, it's tough to, for him to, to have the main spot for Italy. But we're talking about, uh, in perspective, one of the five, six, seven best goalkeepers in, in, uh, in Europe. I know, I absolutely know, we share some messages, guys. Uh, that no one in England knows about it and it's natural it's natural because he wasn't playing for Inter de Milan Milan, Rome, Lazio, Juventus he was playing for Empoli that is a small town but trust me guys trust me it's my work it's my job incredible incredible goalkeeper with massive respect to Mere Provedel that are the goalkeepers of Lazio Napoli but trust me Vicario is gonna be incredible so for me big teams in uh, in Italy would regret not to sign him and Tottenham made a, a huge a huge a huge a huge deal uh, I don't know I don't know why uh, was the was the what can I say that was the uh, the main uh, the main character behind the scenes I suppose there is still paratici because no one knows and new Vicario in England, but if Paratici, for the God's sake, once in a lifetime, Fabio Paratici made the right choice. Yeah, we do know oh. that Fabio Paratici went in in January uh, and had talks in Simone. But uh, the, the other thing I wanted to ask you about Vicario um, is the difference of Syria out to the Premier League. How do you think he's going to adapt? What is the differences in your opinion? 
Yeah, you know, we are talking about a very, very different kind of, uh, of football. You know, uh, Premier League is the NBA of football in terms of basketball uh, comparison. Uh, the biggest difference between Serie A and Premier League, first of all, as I told, Premier League is the NBA. But when you go out with the ball, when, he is a corner, when there is a corner for uh, the opposite team, maybe in the Prem, you got to know many, many refs, many, many referees that uh, don't whistle, don't whistle. In Italy, every action, every movement is a fall in favor of the keepers. So Guglielmo Vicario really needs to adapt to the Prem. But I've got, trust me, no doubt that it's going to be a success for Tottenham. Of course, after 11 years old, 12 years old, one of the greatest in terms of uh, the last 20 years, just like Hugo Lloris, it's not going to be easy. But many sports fans, I got to know that wanna something different uh, from Hugo Lloris. So he's got everything, everything. And trust me, guys, trust me, you will fall in love with these guys. Because after all, Chris, Melvin... We are talking about someone that spoke English better than me. So I saw his interviews and uh, I was wow, almost wow, fantastic. Yeah, well, I look forward to seeing him play. Um, Melvin, let's come to you. Um, there has been many reports in the last couple of days about our club captain and goalkeeper Hugo Lloris possibly leaving Tottenham Hotspur Football Club this summer. Um, and it seems now that Spurs are demanding a fee for the Spurs captain. Um, in order to let him go. Inter Milan are interested. Um, we're hearing now that PSG are interested. He has one year left on his contract. Should Spurs be demanding a fee for Hugo Lloris or should we just let him go? Bearing in mind he's been at the club for a lot of years, given great service to the club um, in that time. Should we be demanding a fee? Should, I don't know for Daniel Levy and the board. If If... He's an asset to the club. I mean, yes, we were ideally going to let him leave. But if they can recoup, I don't know, a few million for him, you know, why not? It's not really... Not really. Um, yes, he, he's not really in our plans, but we could also keep him for another year as as potential backup or even even start him next season and then put Vicario in slowly, you know, like we did when we bought... Hugo Lloris, we had um, Brett Friedel, I believe, in goal for the first few games. And, and Brett Friedel started the first two or three games. And I, I can't remember a time since, since then, actually, me and my brother were talking, I'm excited to see Hugo. I'm excited to see a goalkeeper play. And then eventually, you know, he, he was starting games. But it took a few, I think it took until September until he was the first name on, on, on the team sheet. So... If we we can we can I we can keep Hugo if we want. I mean it's an option. But if we if we were to recoup five, ten million, what whatever for, for Hugo. I mean we only bought him for about I think twenty five or, or something ridiculous like that. And 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 he's been great value for money and ideally yes, you, you would let the player leave. But I mean you're talking about Daniel Levy in the last I think four or five windows we, we we've not really sold well, if you know what I mean. We've not really recouped much money for, for players. I mean, we still have 
eight or nine others contracted to the club that are probably way, way ahead of Loris in the packing order to, to shift out. I mean, I mean, for me, I have no problem keeping him for an, another year. As cover and even even to to slowly to speak to Hugo. I mean, Hugo is an excellent goalkeeper. He's very experienced in the Premier League. He's won the, the World Cup. I'm sure to have an old veteran beside you, you know, kind of like Michel Vorm was to Hugo. Hugo could be to Vicario. And um, yeah, so... I don't. I don't know. It's it's up to it's, if it frees up money for further signings, then then I'm I'm all for it. But but yeah, I'm not opposed to keeping Hugo for an, another season. Gareth, what do you think about the situation with Hugo Lloris at the moment? Because you know he joined us 11 years ago. Um, I think it was about 12 million pounds we paid for him. 12 million, 9, 12 million. Yeah, and you know one year left on his current deal. Um, surely Spurs would just let him go, wouldn't they? Well, Chris, we're on the business here. You know, I mean, we're we're struggling here at the moment. It's all evident because we'll, we'll get under we'll get under the centre backs, I'm sure. But you know, we're not exactly splashing the cash. You know, and we got ten million for Winks, who has barely kicked the ball for us in two years. We can get ten million for Lloris. You know, he is a French World Cup winning captain. He's the Tottenham Hotspur captain. You know. I think personally it will be a big mistake keeping him as I, I I am not paying eighty pound to watch him drop balls on the net or fall over. He is well past it in terms of Premier League level. Not even just as a backup, he is not good enough. I would rather have Fraser Foster in nets, and that's being can, totally happy. Can, can I just say that, Gareth? Mel- Melvin said there about Vicario coming in and Hugo Lloris. If he did stay at the club, um, could possibly stay, you know, between the sticks and be in the starting eleven. Wouldn't that be a backward step by bringing in a new goalkeeper, putting him on the bench? You know, particularly when Simone is like really bigging him up, saying what a fantastic goalkeeper he is. Wouldn't that be a backward step for us in this rebuild? Well, it wouldn't. It wouldn't say. It wouldn't say a, a, a lot of. It wouldn't give you a lot of confidence if they decided to put Lloris on and left him on the bench. Um, now, I have to trust Simone's um, judgment on uh, Vicario. Um, I haven't seen a lot of him. You know, obviously we've all seen that video of him making the triple save. You know, somebody actually sent me a video of every goal he conceded. Um, and now that's yeah. going to look bad, of course, the goals that are going on against him. But I was a wee bit concerned at some of the goals. He, he seems to flap it a lot. And, you know, he almost seems to be trying to make camera saves when he wouldn't. And he's making saves look a lot harder than what they are, almost like a showman. You know, and, and you know, I don't know if there's someone maybe we chat about that more. But, you know, he's a young goalkeeper and he will improve. And I do think you have to put him on there at the start. And if he makes mistakes, you have to stick with him. Um, but Loris, for me, shouldn't play an hour game for the club. You know, that game against Newcastle, Shuji, where he's at, he's very weak. His shot stopping was one of his best parts of his game. You know, he was never great from crosses and corners because of his height. Um, but his shot stopping was one of his strongest parts. That's He just looks very weak. You know, I remember that goal against Arsenal, North London Derby. He fell back onto the net. And we're done off him, off Saka, you know, stuff like that. I, you know, we'll chat about the ticket prices, but, you know, we cannot be having Hamming and goal next year. I don't even want to see him in a League Cup game. He's been a great servant for the club and I don't want to disrespect him, but the taxi's outside and you get 10 million off Inter Milan or PSG and away he goes. Now, I don't really see him, I don't really see any value in going to PSG because he's not going to play at PSG. I'm sure he, he wants to go and play. If Onana goes to Man United, which, were, which looks pretty likely, you know, he's got an opportunity to go to Inter Milan to be their first choice goalkeeper. They've got te- they've got 40 million from Onana they spend. 
you know, they can give us 10 million and everyone walks away happy. Um, we got, as I said, we got 10 million for Winks, so I'm sure we can get 10 million for Lloris. Um, I don't think we should just be letting go for free because, you know, this is football, this is business. You know, there's no friends in football as far as I'm concerned. Um, I can understand to a certain extent the Perisic deal because, um, you know, he's he, he never really cost us any money and he's only here and he's on big wages and, you know, he's not going to play next year at all. So I can sort of see if he's going back to Croatia, they're not really going to have the money to so maybe just let him go get him off the ways ball. But for Reese, he's still a you know, regardless of what I'm saying about his ability, he's still a big name in football. People will still see Hugh. It's a bit like David De Gea. You know, he's had a couple of poor seasons, but I'm sure there's going to be teams looking to sign De Gea because of his reputation. So a bit like with Reese, you'll there'll be a there'll be no shortage of tickers. So for me, ten million, ten million, even ten million euros, it gives us some money because Chris is starting to worry me. You know, we've seen it with Raya and Vicario. Raya was 40 million. You know, Vicario might end up being a great goalkeeper and it might end up being, you know, as, as Simone reckons that um, Vicario is a better goalkeeper than Raya. But I, I've watched Premier League football and I, I've seen Raya, um, you know, and I'm a big fan. So I was disappointed that we didn't sign Raya. And I'm not now hearing that, you know, Van de Ven could be a possible backup to Tapsova because he's cheaper. You know, that is not, you know, we've been here so many times before, Chris. You, if you want a player, you go and pay the money. And you, because it's it's much it's much better to love buyer mistakes than go and get somebody else because he's cheaper and then he's not good enough and then you have to try and sell him and we're back we're going around in circles again so I, I I'm really worried about that uh, I'm sure we'll get into a bit more but that's that's what I think on the recent way Chris yeah I was going to come on to that um, Simone let's come to you because what do you make of the transfer window overall because of course James Madison I think all of us Spurs fans are super excited about signing him. Uh, Vicario, obviously, uh, we needed a goalkeeper. We've got a, a good goalkeeper, in your opinion, we know. Um, but defensively, defensive reinforcement, surely Spurs need to go out, um, particularly of how much money they are charging the fans uh, for next season and beyond. Uh, we'll come on to that shortly. Um, but this has got to be a top quality window, in my opinion, you know, definitely defensively, because, you know, we all know as Tottenham fans, Going forward, Harry Kane, Hunmin Son, Kulisewski, uh, you know, now with Madison in there as well. We know that we can score goals, but last season, the defence just weren't good enough. Uh, probably the last few seasons, the defence haven't been good enough. It needs attention. Um, we need a couple of top-class centre-backs in. Do you think we're going to get them? Uh, many questions on your questions, uh, boss. So I need to answer step-by-step. Uh, <laughs> step. First of all, I knew. And uh, I currently know that uh, every Spurs fan wanna play attacking football, but you couldn't play attacking football with uh, five at the back and both Skippy and Oberg playing in the midfield. So you need Bentacur firstly back, and then James Madison. That is uh, the substitution for uh, for Christian Eriksen. We needed to find the backup for Christian. And we found it after three and a half years. So massive, massive deal. 30 million pounds for, uh, for Madison plus Ari Winksy. So chapeau, sending ovation for Daniel Levy. I couldn't expect me saying that, but uh, really sending ovation to, <laughs> to Daniel Levy. So I'm expecting with Inge with Ange Postecoglu at Tottenham playing attacking football once again. But, you know, as you, as you rightly 
expressed spurts need to strengthen that defensive line. And uh, everyone is talking about, uh, Chris, you know more than me, Tapsoba or uh, Mickey van de Ven. Mickey van de Ven reminds me of the prime Jammer Tongen, left-footed, centre-back, definitely, and he's strongly linked to him. Tapsoba is someone that is mm, perfect for modern football, playing back, building from the back. I will go from Van de Ven. I will go for Van de Ven. Mm, trust me, because he's, uh, he's someone that uh, completes more than Tapsoba, Romero. If you want to um, stick with Romero, that he has won the, 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 uh, uh, the, the, the World Cup with, uh, with, uh, with his uh, uh, Argentinian team. If you want to stick with Romero, I will go for Miki van der Van. Then everything can happen and uh, we'll see, we'll see. Of so course, one can, of the defenders need to, need, to be, need to be back at sports in the next couple of weeks, definitely, if you want to build from nine years. Simone, from what you know about Van der Ven and Tab Soba, are they yeah. good enough to play in the Premier League? And will they fit into the Premier League? Will they fit into Tottenham's system? And are they better than what we've got? You know, Van de Ven has got the full potential to be top four defender in the Premier League for the next 10 years. Tap Soba could be someone that failed to adapt to the Prem or someone that is going to be one of the best defenders in the world, Chris. And you know more than me, circumstances uh, change uh, in the next couple of uh, six months, uh, one year. So I will go for the for the for the most clever option that is Van de Van, because Spurs from the departure of uh, both Toby and Jan needed someone or anyone that knows how to handle the game with the taxi with the tactics way. You know, you couldn't expect to play high attacking football every game because when you go to the Adiad, when you go to Anfield, when you go to Stamford Bridge, you need to defend. You need to defend if you want to be back home with a positive result that could be an easy row. You couldn't go uh, to win every game, mainly because we are coming from a very, very bad year. So we are the eight fourths of the Premier League and we need to build from zero. And when you need from zero, it reminds me of 2014. That is the most important plot. But the most important plot is that uh, when we had someone just like Maurizio Pochettino that helped us to build from zero. Now he's the manager of Chelsea. And please don't ask me about my truths and feelings about him joining Chelsea. Because I want I'm gonna refuse him to, to answer that question. How do you feel about seeing him in that shirt? I don't want to answer. We are not talking about Sokambot, but we are almost there. So uh I couldn't say all the best for the future to Poch because Poch meant a lot to every sports fans and meant a lot as well to me in my professional life because uh, I watched every press conference from 2014 to 2019 and uh, it was a sort of inspirational figure to me in my professional and journalistic life but he betrayed Tottenham so uh, Daniel Levy made his choice Ange Postecoglou 
that for me is gonna be an incredible, uh, an incredible figure. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Picture the scene. All of your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Well, the best to watch in chat. So, mm, I don't know what else to say, but I'm not going to be uh, the worst of the fans saying that, uh, shooting to that, uh, Judas or stuff like that. But it really betrayed Tottenham for me. Yeah. Melvin, let's come to you. How ruthless does Spurs need to be in this transfer window? That might be a really silly question because uh, when I've seen reports out in the last couple of weeks um, that, that clubs have offered €20 million Euros for Ondombele, €9 million Euros for Davinson Sanchez, and apparently Spurs want £15 million for Davinson Sanchez, how ruthless does, does Spurs need to be in this transfer window concerning players like that? Do we just need to take what we can and offload these players to in order then to bring in real quality players? And when I say quality players, every single time I talk about a transfer, and this is just me personally and my opinion, I always think what is... You know, what signings are going to make Spurs better than we were before? What signings are going to improve us as a football club? And what signings are going to take us to the next level uh, in terms of, you know, trying to finish in the top four, if that's possible? Because at the moment, although I'm a very positive Spurs fan normally, I don't think that we have done enough in this transfer window as yet. I think it's been a very positive start. Um, but unless we get a couple of really, really decent uh, centre-backs in, defensive reinforcements, I think we're really going to struggle again. But how how um, how ruthless do you think that Spurs need to be? Ruthless. And um, I still think if you compare it to previous transfer windows, bar last season where Conte really pushed for us to do business early, I think we've done well so far. I mean, we've Probably the biggest name we were going to get this season was Madison. And, and, I, and I think that was huge. And I'm really happy with Madison. And, and obviously, last season, the problem wasn't scoring goals. It was, it was conceding them. So defensively, every single name we've been linked with, every single player, I think there's about four or five on the list. You know, Tapsoba, Van der Ven, um, the Fulham defender, to Tosin. And yeah, there's a few, there's a few other names being linked. Every it, single it, player. They're yeah, all it looks like that we're going to sign Clement Longley from uh, from Barcelona or on a free transfer. Yeah, but or every single player that we've been linked with improve us immediately. So just like when we bought Bentoncourt and Kulusevski, you know, when we bought a little bit of quality, they improved us immediately. Yeah. So. So I'm not really worried about the centre-back because I know that they're working on it and they're trying to do the best possible deal 
um, for, for Tottenham Hotspur. And, and they obviously know it was a problem last season. And when I, when I see us, you know, trying to sell these players and trying to negotiate better deals, I think later in the window, the more we sell, the more we could potentially spend or buy. So I'm not surprised. I'm happy the club is acting. You know, we're trying to negotiate deals before we even sell these players. You know, it, it sends them a message that, listen, you're not in our plans. You've had your chance here. And and I'm sure Postokoglu is looking at the ones which he wants to keep, which he wants to move on. I'm sure there's there's a plan. I mean, from everything we've been hearing this this summer, I think everything sounds positive. I know it always sounds positive in, in, in July. And, and, and the, every single media person says the right thing. But even on face value, when you look at what we've done so far and what we look like we're about to do, I mean, the free transfer was, was a no-brainer. A 23-year-old, a tricky winger, uh, fast. He scored some Premier League goals. I mean, for Shakhtar, it was a lot, a lot better than, than, than he was for Fulham. He had a little bit of an injury. That was a no-brainer, a very good signing. With Vicario... Even some people were, were saying, oh, we got the cheap option. I spoke, actually, someone stopped me in the street, a Roma, a Roma fan. And he said, he made us cry last season. He made Jose cry last season because he was stopping them all game and they couldn't score. And a very passionate Roma fan. And he said, I was swearing at this goalkeeper because he played so well against us. And we have him. I know the Premier League is a different league and, and Rea for 40 million would have been great. But... Postogoglu spoke to him and he saw something in his character where he's like, that's my goalkeeper, I want him. And we've been missing that this season and last season. I think we've been missing personalities and leaders. Yes, they talk the right things sometimes, you know. I'm not going to mention names, but certain players, they like to talk and they say things. But we've been missing proper leadership in this in the Spurs team. You know, since we lost Vertonghen, Dembele, and all and all those guys I'm not, and 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 Toby, we've been missing proper characters, proper people who love football, just just love football, just love the game, and and are addicted to it. And it just seems they lost that. And and I think Postogoglu is trying to reignite that with proper people, proper footballing people. And they're obviously. Melvin, can, can, can I ask then, if you're keeping Eric Dyer at the back, even if he's a squad player? Uh, because he never seems to be on this list of uh, of players to be cleared out this summer. So if you keep in players like Eric Dyer and Spurs are looking to bring in Clement Longley again and having them two in the back line in some Premier League games or Cup games, is that progression? Is that backing Foster Coglu in the right way? About this offer, and I've said to you what, how I felt about Dyer I, I, and how I felt last season and how I felt now. I thought last season when we started, I thought he was going to be really good. I thought he was going to be you know, the level of, of Cristiano Romero. He was going to be that type of player. He was going to be solid. He was going to look like, you know, I thought he was going to be great. And he started really well. He actually scored, I think, in the first or second game. And, and we were winning in the beginning. and It was good. And then later in the season, you hear he had an injury. He was playing injured and all of that. So I'm not making excuses for him. But in the list. You are. Yeah. But, in the list, in the list for, for people to sell, how high is he up the list, really? Because there's about eight or nine that need to leave before him. I think, you know, if you think of Rodon and, and, G, and um, Lo Celso, 
in Dombele. You think of all these players that need to leave before him. And I think it's a lot, really, to shift. And, re- and realis- realistically, if you keep him and he, and he plays a couple of cup games or not even at all, maybe, it, if he impresses in training, he's not really the first person you would, you would need to sell. And he's not bad. He's not a bad character, is, is he? But, or a bad person. I mean, we all saw the, the interview he did and, and, and he came off really great. And, and there's still room room for him in the squad. I mean, I don't want him to be the first name on the team sheet. Not at all. I don't want him to see him against Brentford in the opening game of the season. But, but there's... Still keep him. I mean, I, 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 get your, I get your feeling, Chris, but you want this really, really massive clear-out where we start from fresh. But I don't think... I think we're still with one hand tied behind our back until we shift off all these players on high wages. And we have about eight or nine of them who are still contracted to the club that we can't shift. They were just bad signings, signings for the previous managers. We have five left backs, I believe, and five left backs in total. I think we have about nine or ten. I mean, that's there's more problems, and there's even links with Hoiberg leaving and and, and stuff like that. I I will leave it to the manager to decide who he wants to keep and who who he doesn't. If he sees the right attitude, the right work rate in training. I, 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 regardless what they did last season, last season everyone played horribly. Everyone, everyone, bar Harry Kane, and possibly Bentancourt and 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 Romero at times. But we had a shocking season last season. It's not really a, re- a really good season to gauge where the players were last season because Kulusevski did nothing last season, and we bought him anyway. Because we trust what he did in previous season, in the previous six months under Conte, I think like the first six months under Conte, we can see players play really, really well. Like Tonga and Dombele, there could be a player in him that can play sixty minutes and get substituted. I mean, yeah, and, that, and, that, and, that, that's my point, though, Melvin. How many chances do you keep giving to some of these players? In my opinion, I think that Eric Dyer has had so many chances under multiple different managers. And I just think that we're going to have the same issues. What if we do by Tapsova or Van der Ven? They go in the back line alongside Christian Romero. Uh, an injury, uh, you know, injury, you know, the first couple of weeks in the season. We're left with uh, Eric Dyer at the back again. Same issues as last season. We need to do a lot more in this window. I think that as a football club, we need to be so ruthless in this window clear a lot of these players out. You know, Eric Dyer, in my opinion, and I'm not just picking on one player here, whenever I think about goals conceded, things going wrong, I always have Eric Dyer in my mind. He is always there. It's just like some players, just their time is up. And I just believe yeah. that Eric Dyer's time is up. And when I look at the signings so far, although I think it's been a very positive start to the window, Vicario, we spoke to in January. Uh, so that, that to me, was all in the pipeline, so that's a club signing. That's not Pod Sokoglu's choice, although he might be pleased with the signing. It was already in the pup pipeline. James Madison, exactly the same. Uh, Manor Solomon, um, of course, we're about to sign on a free transfer, so that's good business uh, from the club's point of view. Um, it'll be very interesting to see when we do actually get um, a signing through the door that Postacoglu has actually chosen himself and said, this is the player that I want. That'll be interesting. But um, for me... The defensive side of things 
does really, really worry me a lot um, because, you know, we're going to Australia, you know, what is it? Um, a week on Tuesday, we play our first game in Perth, Australia for pre-season. Um, that is the perfect time for any manager to take their whole squad, all of the new signings with them. So I think that Spurs need to have a, a really, really big, big week in terms of signing a centre-back or two. Do you, do you agree? Yeah, 100%. 100%. Yeah, 100%. I agree. Um, I think I think we, we all, every single Spurs, player, Spurs fan knows the issues we have this last season. We all know which players massively underperformed or don't have it have the ability to play like we need them to play. So it's it's going to be it's going to be interesting if in the next couple of weeks because we've we've been doing the same thing we did last season. We speak to four or five different players, see which deals can be done at what prices that the the club wants, and then in a snap of a finger, I wouldn't be surprised if we signed two players or within two days, for example, or three days. So. I think the centre back, the centre back thing, is it's starting to heat up, and and we, we we seem to be speaking to the right targets. It's just a matter of time until you know they 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 decide. Listen, let's go for this player and this player, and, and it's done. And yes, for example, you mentioned Ling Lingley before, and I don't think he's good enough. But it's also for the fee that they're talking about. He's not not a bad player to have. It's not the Melvin, right this is the problem. Melvin, this is the problem. You see, you can't, you can't be just signing players because they're cheap. You can't be going down that road of just let's get no, him on because he's free. Let's get him on because three hundred million. To spend do, do, we don't have three hundred million to spend. Do you know either. what, Melvin? That that that's been the problem because every single guest I've had on here, um, particularly all of last season, whenever I've said, "What do you think of Clement Longley?" Everybody on this channel has turned around and said he's okay. Nobody has said he's absolutely dreadful, and nobody has said. He's wonderful. Everyone has just said he's okay. Do we accept just okay? No. A bit to replace Ben Davis and, and no. be, be, be cover. He's good enough to be cover. I mean, he's better than Tanganga. He's better than Dyer. He's better than Sanchez. He's better than Ben Davis. He played well in the Champions League. No. He's in his first season, in his first season to, to do the shift from, from, from Spain to England. I think he did in a in a poor performing. Team. Melvin, no one, no really... one played well. No one played well in the back. No one played well. So in, in a team in a team that's playing well, listen. If I if I played in the Pochettino team, I could have played well because all the team around me is playing well. I could have done a job. Harry Winks played well in that team. I could have played instead of Harry Winks. In a team that's playing bad, every single player is going to look bad. Do you think? Do you think Christian Romero was a bad player? No, he just won the World Cup at Argentina. But he looked horrible last season at times. So, like I said, certain players, you, you cannot gauge their performance from last season. Last season, everyone wanted the manager out. There was bad tension within the club. And, and, and I, just, I just think certain players will look better next season once you look at the full picture. And I think right now, we're, trying, we're jumping the gun just because the fee is $5 million for a defender. From Barcelona, and everyone think, oh, we should be, we should be better than this player. We're we're not at this moment in time. We're just not. If the options are Eric Dyer and Davis, we're not better than the Longley. We're just not. Those are the other it, options. I, I totally it, 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 depends, it, it depends where um, the aim is. It depends what the ambition is. Is the ambition to get back into the top four? Is the ambition to play Europa League football the following season? Is the ambition just to be exactly where we are? Um, I think that if we are gunning for the top four, which I hope we are, 
um, then I think that we need to spend more money. I think that we need to uh, go for better players, a lot better players Please. than the likes of Dyer and, and Clement Longley at the back. Chris, I agree, but we still have nine or ten players which we need to shift, and they're all contracted to the club on but high we, wages. And, and well, at the moment, Melvin, we, we're we don't have a transfer window. window. We're doing we're, this transfer window with one hand tied behind our back because we still have yeah. all these all these players. We still have all these players contracted to the club while we're still doing these big fee transfers. And until we move them on, this is why Arsenal are two, three years ahead of us because they got rid of Aubameyang, Willian, and all those players that were tied to the club that they didn't want. We're still Ruthless. three years. We're still three years behind this process. We're still three, four years behind this process, and we're still doing big deals like Madison and all of these players. So when they say they took the cheap option, they're trying to build the best squad possible within within a hundred and fifty million or or, or two hundred million that we're gonna spend. Now, it's, if you if you disagree, let, we'll see by the end of the window what what happens. I mean, hindsight is a great thing. Right? If you bring Langley in for five million euros and he's not, which we know he's not good enough, and we give him on a two, you're stuck with having to shift him next year. So you're just creating another problem down the line. If you bring him yeah. in, he's not good enough. Yeah. You're just creating more problems. I mean, Dyer I should not be the ninth or tenth on the list to be sold. For me, he's in the top three. Dyer and Sanchez have let us down time and time and time again. They have to go. I don't, as you say, Chris, we're one injury away Keith, from Dyer and Sanchez being back this, in the team. This is why I don't Keith. think that the price, this is why I don't think that the price um, is an issue. Someone could be a free transfer. Someone could cost 60 million pounds. We've seen Clement Longley play. If you don't think they're good enough, then you don't put them in the team or the squad. And I think we should be signing two centre backs. I think we should be signing Tapsoba and Mickey Van de Ven. Yeah, because we're yeah. short. We're that's short. Ideally, that's ideally yes, that's what we would have done if 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 yeah. Enoch and Levy had this ambition for us to to actually win something next season. We would have signed all three centre backs that we're speaking to. Not even. Not not just top, top Soba and, and, and Van der Ven. We speak to the third one as well. All three of them I would sign ahead but of I think Chris is right when he says you've got Paratici in the background doing transfers who's banned. He's not even at the club. He's going and getting the goalkeeper from Italy. We, we've got a, supposed to have a director of football. No closer on the point than that. As you say, I don't think Pasta Coglu's had any say in any of these transfers. And then I'm hearing that we've got a deal agreed for Mackie Van der Ven, but only if we can't agree a deal to get Top Soba. Which is absolutely bizarre. I just cannot understand that way of thinking. Yeah, I think uh, Roy Price. Uh, I totally agree with your comment here. Um, our front line looks good. The club needs to now concentrate on quality defenders. It's all about ambition now from the club. Um, Gareth, what do you think the ambition is uh, for next season? Um, and what do you think that Daniel Levy has said to Postecoglou in terms of we must get this position in the league table? Do you think he's actually given him a task? Chris, it just looks like we're back to where we were in 2014, where Pasta Cogli is going to have to work a miracle, like Pochettino did, to get us back into the top four. Because, all right, we got Madison, but I think we're paying for Madison on the drop. You know, it wasn't we went down and paid 40 million up front. You know, we split Kulasvesky's 25 million fee over six years. You know, that that really worries me. All right, it might seem good business to do it, but the fact that we can't even go on and pay, you know, 10 or 12, you know, it's, we're doing it over a, 4 million a season, you know, what, what kind of budget has this mama given? You know, because, Chris, you go to every game. Like, every game sold out. The the, the the pubs, the rest, they're making an absolute fortune on a match day. You know, we're commercially off the pitch. We've got the NFL. We've got boxing fights. We've got concerts. 
you know, we've got the the, the risks in common. You know, this this club is not scant. You know, so there's there's plenty of money to be spent, and it just looks like we're looking to try and you know we're going for a player. Oh, it's too much money. Now we'll go and get somebody just a cover. You know, like Brennan, and if we were to sign Mikey Van der Ven, and I actually do agree with Simone, I do think he would suit past the Cogley style of play. But if we go on and sign him and then just take um, Langley on a free transfer as a backup in case anything goes wrong, we're one injury away from having Langley, Dyer, or Sanchez back in. And we know with Romero, he picks up injuries as well. Um, so, you know, he's not guaranteed to play every single game. And then we're in a massive, massive situation where we're going to be going in. And let's be honest, Postacoglu is going to try and play out from the back, which I love. But I don't think Sanchez and Dyer are capable of doing it. So you're going to have massive issues that way. Um, and I think you're going to end up seeing players panicking, making mistakes, the ball getting lumped forward, um, midfield taking out of the game. So it's, it's going to end up conf- conflicting his style of play. Um, I have no doubt that Postacoglu will be pushing for exits. Um you know, I think nine million for Sanchez. You know, if, you know, what is the point of negotiating five or six more million? You know, just get him out the door. Dyer, for me, I honestly would just let him go on a free transfer. It didn't cost us any money. It cost us what four or five million all them years ago. I would let him go. I would tear up the contract, get him out the door, um, because you're not going to get much for him. Um, and I, I, you know, you, 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 I could see a situation where we're struggling for a centre back, and you see Harry Maguire at the end of the transfer window on loan coming on, and our would be an our disaster. Something you no, know, this this is what's scaring me, Chris. We have to be ruthless. Um, and it doesn't look like we're gonna be prepared to be ruthless. Um there's so, I agree with Melvin at one point there is a lot of players have to leave, but uh but the, what I disagree on is I think Dyer and Sanchez are at the top of that list. You know, and I think there's every chance end on Belly or La Celso, you'll probably get an R loan lead for them. Worst comes the worst, they'll go they'll go for and you'll get rid of them off the wage ball. Of course it's it's not it's not as good as getting a fee for them, but I do think there'll be tickers there. Um, and you can get, get get them away on an hard loan at the worst case scenario. But for me, there's going to be a shortage of tickers for Dyer and Sanchez that if we don't get a suitable fee in Daniel Levy's mind, we're going to end up keeping these two, and then we're going to be playing them next year. And, you know, we're going to have the same problems over and over and over again. And as you say, to answer your question, Chris, I don't see how Postacoglu can get us on the top four if he's not backed in this transfer market because he's not a miracle worker. He needs players as fat as the system. And if he, I do think if he's back properly, I don't mean spent in fortunes. If he signs Tapsoba and Mickey van der Ven, who I have watched a wee bit of, and I think they would suit his system well. You've got Romero there um, as well. And all of a sudden, you've got a wee bit of strength and depth at the back. Um, and, you know, for me, then I'd be looking at giving, you know, you, then you have an issue of a fourth choice centre back. Um, you pack the best, they buy a bunch, keep them for one more year. Um, if it is Langley on a free transfer, you shift the R2. He only plays in the last, you know, if we're really, really stuck. Um, and then you shift him at the end of the next season and you bring in an R centre back because Chris, I want to see us competing, not just making up the numbers. Yeah. So yeah. you know, for me, it's it's crucial this club achieves this season because if we end up if we're finishing sixth or seventh, I don't really see that as progression. All right, we might have European football, but it's not going to make us any more money because there's very there's, there's very uh, little revenue in the Europa League and the Europa Conference League. Um, we need to be in the top four and we need to be winning trophies. So we have to go out. And if it means spending a wee bit more than we were prepared to spend, then so be it. Because, you know, you have to be successful, Chris. The fans are, you know, I'm running out of patience. Um, you're, well, I'm sure we're going to talk about the ticket prices. You know, well, I'll, let, 
I'm going to come up with that now. You know, there's no excuse for not spending on the transfer market. Yeah, I'm going to come on to that now. And uh, although I am or was excited about the transfer window so far, because I think we have done some good business and it is nice to get deals done early, a defensive line definitely needs improvement and as, as soon as possible as well. But when you look at all of the other teams around us, particularly the teams that finished above us, they have made all, you know, all of them have made quality signings so far in this transfer window, probably better uh, than us so far. So uh, there is still a lot to do. Um, Gareth, I want to stay with you uh, uh, to kick off uh, talking about the ticket prices, because, of course, in the last couple of days, uh, Spurs announced the prices for one-off match tickets. They've gone up 20%. Um, a lot of fans are extremely unhappy about this. Um, now, in April, general admission season ticket uh, prices were frozen, although premium and box holder tickets were significantly increased. Uh, the trust were not consulted about this. Uh, they, they were told about it, not consulted. Um, obviously, they're very unhappy. The fan advisory board that has just been put together in the last week or so have their first official meeting tomorrow um, at Tottenham Hotspur, and they weren't consulted either. Now, there are six category, category A games, nine category B, for Category C. Now, the cheapest adult ticket for Category A game is £65. The most expensive is £103. These are general admission, by the way. Um, category B, the cheapest £48. The most expensive, £95. Category C, the cheapest £37. The most expensive, £80. The Trust have come out and said that our match tickets are already amongst the most expensive in the Premier League and fans should not have to dig further into their pockets. A Tottenham spokesperson has come out and said, we are fully aware of the current rising cost of living and as such are one of only three Premier League clubs to freeze season ticket prices for the coming season. Our match ticket prices are comparable to other London clubs with a wide range of price points available for fans to choose from. What have you made of all of this? Uh, because the, the, you know, the general admission season ticket prices were frozen. But for people like you, you travel from Northern Ireland. I know that Melbourne travels over on a regular basis from Malta. How do you guys feel about this? Well, Chris, I'll answer the last point there. We just said about the they are London clubs. I'm assuming they reflect on Arsenal and Chelsea. I don't really think we'll be comparing to the likes of West Ham and Fulham. No disrespect. Arsenal have spent two hundred million in this transfer window. You know they're signing players like Declan Rice. If we were doing stuff like that, I don't think anyone would be speaking about the ticket prices. If we were playing in the Champions League, if we were competing with Man City at the top of the table, I think although it would be expensive, they would have a right in terms of what they're serving up, the charge. We have watched some of the worst football I have ever seen Tottenham Hotspur play in the last four years. The club that I loved, as the life has been sucked out of it. Chris, there's a massive communication problem with this club, not just internally, but externally. The, the trust wasn't even consulted. about the, They weren't even asked about the prices. They just done them on their own, without any consultation. I am sick of seeing the Tottenham Hotspur Supporters Trust having the issue statement after statement for clarity all the time. There's no communication to them. Um, it's not fair. You know, it's it's not fair on the fans. You know, it's not just, you know, not just not just me. There's not a lot of people out there, Chris, can't afford a season ticket, not just people look across the water here and where, where Melvin's living in Malta or Simone in Italy. There's probably lots of people in London don't have a season ticket as well. And, you know, if they're going to, they're, they're, they're charging maybe an extra 28, 16 to 20 pounds for a game. You know, if you go to, if you go to, if you go to 10 home games, that's 200 pounds. Like, it's, it's crazy. Um, you know, the flights, the, the prices of flights are going up, the prices of accommodations going up. 
But the the one the one thing that they've got in their favor, Chris, is the love for the fans will never die for the club, and that's this way they'll get away with it. And you know, fans will continue to pay it. Um, probably the price, probably the mugs that we are, but the it's they back on the they back on our loyalty, um, which is under which is you know for me everlasting. But Chris, it's 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 not a good look. Um, you know, we keep hearing statements from Daniel Levy about you know how the club's going to get back on track and you know how we're going to represent their values. I don't see any of that. They bring about a balance on, which you were saying before. I think Madison's a great signing. Um, so I'm not just going to completely ridicule the transfer window. Um, but Chris, not enough for me. I, I, you know, we need to, this club has been going backwards since Pochettino left. Um, you know, and you know, I, I don't really want to mention him too much because he is Chelsea's coach. He's a Chelsea coach now, and um, for me, that he's one of our enemies. But since he's left, that this club has been on a slippery slope. Um, the fans, the the connection in the stadium, Chris. I was at a few games last year. The connection between the players, the fans, the board, it's just not there. Um, and, you know, this man, Postacogo, he's been tasked to bring that back. And whilst he needs patience and time, Chris, he needs help as well. And it doesn't look at the moment that he's getting the help. Do you know what, Gareth? I think it's fair to say that since Postacoglu, um was appointed head coach, and a lot of people done their research, I know there were some disappointed people at the time because they wanted um, a name manager who, you know, is, who has been there, done it, got the T-shirt and has managed in one of Europe's top five leagues. But since people have gone away and done their research, there has been a lot of positivity. And I think that, yep. that um, the positivity was certainly back when the announcement came out that we signed James Madison. I just feel that this... This situation with the tickets, Spurs have scored an own goal here um, yeah. by not communicating and just putting the prices up. Why on earth would you do this at this time when you when you need the fans back on board? Suppose it's Chris. I spoke about it earlier on when I says, you know, when you're asking about players leaving, you know, we're just cutting contracts, letting them go. It's business, isn't it, Chris? And they're, they're always thinking about their pockets, and you know that's the reality. Um, you know, the the pricing twenty percent is 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 absolutely crazy. You know. You can see maybe two or three, four or five percent at a, at a push, but twenty percent—it's that's nearly a quarter in a, in a rise. You know, I've seen Holly's comment there. You know, costing nearly two hundred and fifty pound to get the game. Like, and Holly's is one of the most committed Spurs fans you'll see. Like, and it's sad to see that. Like, because you know, he, he shouldn't be priced out of a game. You know, he should be. It should be fair. It should be fair game. And and they are issues, <laughs> Chris. You know. It's one thing, as I said, charging that when you're producing top quality stuff, but we haven't been doing that, so you're almost yeah. not getting value for money at all. Um, and you know, it's 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 really really poor from the club. You know, they owe, the, the team, the the team, um, and the and the club owe us a lot for the last four years, and they should have just cut their losses in terms of making trying to make any more money, um, and prove to us this season that they that they're gonna they're gonna show improvement, do things the right way, communicate with the trust. You know, the fan advisory board's getting started, but you know, I'm starting to think, what's the point? They're not going to be consulted. They're just going to be fighting, losing battles, you know. And 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 these and these um candidates and the I've seen the elect the people that were elected, you know, would probably die for the club. But I, I I'm already starting to think that they're 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 on to something they can't want because you're just not going to get the communication and the club are going to do what the club do. And we're back. We're, we're back to where we are. And as you said, Chris, so much positivity. The tour was uh, coming back. I was about to subscribe to Spurs play for the um, friendlies, like, and I was like, Do you know what? I'll just, I'll just, uh, I'll not bar because why should I give them any more money? Because I'm already looking at games for September. Um, and you know, as as Holly says, it'll be summer for me. You know, the time you pay flights, hotel, match tickets, your day expenditure. 
Um, you know, I've seen fans that are um, from here in Ireland have been telling me they're going to be forced to go over and back on the same day. They're not even going to stay in a hotel because the cost of living is that, that crazy. Like, and, you know, that's that just shows you they're jumping through hoops to go and watch Spurs. And the fact that because of the ticket prices, they can't even book a hotel is it's crazy. I think it's going to be easier now for the club to communicate things through the fan advisory board. And I think it'll be up to the fan advisory board to then put it out to uh, the general fans um, across social media, etc. Simone, let's come to you. Um, talking about ticket prices um, at Tottenham um, in Italy, in Syria, what what are the uh, what are the prices uh, compare? Is it a lot cheaper to watch Syria football than Premier League? No, 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 Chris. There is not so much differences, of course. Uh, um, you know, uh, it all depends on uh, which side of the of the of the stadium would you love to be. Uh, to see the game out, this yeah. has to be very, 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 very clear. Because if you want to be uh, just like uh, and alongside the position where the televisions, the main television, Italian televisions are, you are gonna pay more. If you wanna be uh, behind the goal, you are gonna pay less. So uh, I'm not talking about. Uh, I'm not talking. I'm not blaming Daniel Levy for that. But I'm expecting Daniel Levy to do more. To do more, uh, not in this year, because in this year uh, he has done uh, already good things, because Madison, Vicario, and maybe something more. I'm expecting him to to build a team that uh, not just can fight to be once again put up four, but I want to see a team that... uh, one aim to win the Carabao Cup and the FA Cup, because if not, you are not you are gonna destroy what what is the blood, the aim of every sports fans eight FA Cups, four Carabao Cups, seven charity shields. So I'm expecting a board that wanna feed the blood of being a Tottenham Hotspur supporter. So this is my my aim, but my humble aim, eh, guys? So, Marty, what if, if Spurs wanted to try and finish in the top four? What do we need to do in this transfer window to finish in the top four? This <laughs> uh, is, guys, it's almost impossible. It's almost impossible. And this is why I I could accept this season, this year, more than anyone else, Ari, to go. Because there are huge chances for sports not to finish into top four because you know you are playing the Premier League you are the likes of uh, you have to fight with the likes of Liverpool Chelsea Manu Man City Arsenal Newcastle and there are many chances not to finish into the top four so uh, what can they do <laughs> if Daniel Levy uh, got drunk maybe he's gonna spend uh, so much money, but I don't think it's the case. And uh, I think yeah, he has to, to build again. He has to build again. And uh, to forget, to to forget, to forget the last nine years with Bocchettino, <laughs> Mourinho, Conte. You need to build again. And firstly of all, you have to fall in love with the new man. The new man who has to drive you 
into into the new into the new era that is Ange Posecoglu. That for me is a extremely incredible coach because no one gave him absolutely anything. Because we are talking about uh, him and uh, everyone extra, but we are talking about someone that uh, has come from Australia and nowadays 58 years old is able to be a manager into the best thing in the world, the NBA, the Premier League. So, of course... I've got massive confidence and massive trust on uh, Postecoglou, on Ainge. But you need to provide in time to build uh, what, what is one to build. So it's not about uh, players. Uh, it's not about uh, deals. It's about what is really capable of building with Namas for Football Club, guys. Melvin, let's come to you. Um, of course, uh, Oliver Skip won a winner's medal with uh, with England under-21s yesterday, uh, beating Spain 1-0. Um, another player going back to Hotspur way with a trophy. Um, what do you make of uh, Skip's contribution in the tournament? Did you see any of it? I've been quite busy with family stuff and um, only caught a little bit of glimpse on, on TV every now and then and I think he's been substituted most of the games you know to shore up the defence but just to be a part of it yeah the experience I mean Skippy is a great player I think last season he he didn't play really really well I think all Spurs fans rated him I think highly you know in their list and we thought he's going to be a lot a lot better than, than we actually you know Uh, I think we built him up. We built him up, and he wasn't quite what we thought he was going to be. He's still quite young. I think he still has the, he still has a higher ceiling than, than than some players that we have in our squad. I think um, I think if we were a, a big club, we would send them out on loan. I don't think we would sell we would sell him. I think he's he's still he's still a really really good player. He's a Spurs fan, loves the club. Um, i personally wouldn't sell him, but we'll see next season. A lot of players, we have a lot of players in the squad. We don't know what they're going to do next season. They could explode. They could, you know, go even, even have have a worse season than they did last season. We don't know. It depends who, who fits into his system. You know, I'm excited to see um, someone we haven't mentioned today at all, you know, which is Bissouma and, and, and whose looks quite sharp in training and, and all the Spurs videos and, and you hear little things where Ange loves the player and, and, you know, he was quite unlucky last season. First of all, not to be played immediately because of, of Gordon Hoiberg had early in the season. But I'm excited for, for Besuma and, and, and more, more than Skip. But obviously, congratulations to him for, for, winning, for, winning, um, for winning with England, something that it seems that England do at un- under 21 level and under 18 level, they seem to be able to, to win tournaments and get it over the line. But when they, they go over to the men's team and, and, and the first team, it seems that they get close, but they, they can't get it over the line. But I'm very happy for, for, for Skip and, and any, any Spanish player that wins in a major tournament. Now, last, last question for you all. Gareth, let's start with you. Um, how are you feeling ahead of pre-season? Because, of course... Uh, Spurs travel to Australia at the end 
uh, of this coming week. Um, we play West Ham United in Perth, Australia. We then go to Thailand to play Leicester. And then at the moment, we uh, play uh, Roma in Singapore, although there have been various reports published stating that uh, Roma have cancelled their summer tour and we may have to play a different club. But how are you feeling ahead of uh, the pre-season tour? And, uh, of course, we play Shakhtar Donetsk on the 6th of August as well at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium a week before the season starts. So four friendlies. And are there any players that you think that Ange Postacoglu will not take on that plane? Very similar what Antonio Conte done last year when we went to South Korea. Oh, you feeling OK, Melvin? Yeah. Uh, right, um, just making sure there, sorry. Um, Pickups, pick <laughs> I thought uh, I thought you had an Eric Dyer, an Eric Dyer moment there, just... Just, just hiccups from from. Uh, can, I, can, I, can I just say, if anyone's listening to lots of squeaks, it's Melvin's chair. I think it's as uh, bad as squeaky as our defence last season. Uh, um, Chris, um, look, um, just before we go on, yeah, look, Simone makes some great points there, but they'd be writing off the top four right before a ball's even kicked, before the transfer market's even finished, as not good enough, especially with them ticket prices. Um, and for me, we were ten points off top four last year because their defence wasn't good enough. You saying a couple of centre backs. An armored feeder, and I don't think we're far away because we will score goals. So how I'm feeling on the pre-seasons as I'm underwhelmed, Chris. We haven't done enough. I wanted to see at least an or two or three players. I want to see all our business done before you know we, we go on that plane. That's just the way I am. I like to see I don't like to see us scrapping and deadline day for players. It rarely ever works, Chris. Um, not just for Spurs, for any club. You seen Chelsea last season scrambling for players, spending loads and loads of money. And it was just a wrong way to go about stuff. So you get your targets on early. Um, you know. You talk about um, some of the players, like Solomon, again, I mean, look, he's a young player, and he may way improve, but I don't see him putting Kulazweski, Son, or Kane under any pressure to go into the team. He, he looks like he could be, you know, a, a good player for the future, but again, we need more strength and depth. Um, so, again, that's, I don't think we've strengthened our attack. Um, I would have liked to see an R player come in. You know, apparently Harvey Barnes is available for $25 million. I would have been going to get Harvey Barnes. I think he can make an impact. Um, so there was there was rumors we were interested in him, but that it looks like he could be going to Newcastle now. Um, I'm excited to see some of the players that that were sent out on loan, like Jed Spence, and with uh Udugio coming back. I'd like to see them in preseason, you know, because I think they could be um very useful players. Um, I'm still not happy with how Spence has been treated at this club. Um, but I think we could see because especially we're going to be playing four three three, Chris. Um, and whilst I like Poro going forward, I have serious reservations about him defending. So I think there's every chance Spence could be pushing for that right-back spot. Um, you know, we, we've got some good games. West Ham, Leicester, I think there's issues with with, with Asia in general. I've seen, I think, Wolves, or set one, was it, I think it might have been Celtic or Wolves, one of them teams cancelled as well. Some did be payments. Some, some were with Roma was doing. So there's every chance oh, that yeah. game won't go ahead. So there's every chance that game won't go ahead. Um, I mean, we need to be getting our game on because, as you say, it's only three, three games before we play Shakhtar and Ideally, against Shakhtar at home, you want to have your starting eleven, and at least some of that's you know it's going to take time, of course, but you want to see a, a bit of ship and you want to see you know a system. Yeah. So, look, Chris, I've actually enjoyed my summer, so you know I'm I'm not too worried about these preseason games. It's important to get players on, but I look at the performances more than results. Um, results aren't really important. You know, it's about seeing seeing snippets and you know you know if you're getting a good thirty because there's going to be a lot of changes. Going to see a lot of players, a lot of young players. Um, I think everyone will go, Chris. I don't think that 
Pasta Coglio alien at anyone the way Conte did. Um, you know, we've seen him down belly training with the reserves and stuff, you know, for what? Like, you know, you know, it, the way he turned up at preseason, or they would have sent him home. You know, it's boiling hot, boiling hot well right side, and he turns up on a track set with a hat on. You know, that that's just giving off signs already that he doesn't really want to be here. I know that's kind of how, you know, that's kind of how he is, but I just don't see him sitting. You know, it, it may be, we might see more of the ball, we might be a more possession-based team, but you have to be able to move and you have to be able to work hard. And I just don't see him doing that. Um, Being interested to see with Celso, for me, the jury's out with him. Not consistent enough, but you could see maybe somebody like him, if he had a decent preseason, he might get an odd chance. Um, but I think, you know, for me, he's, he's had his chances. Um, you know, the players like Celso and Ndombele that were signed, they were actually signed when Pochettino was here and they've had so many different managers sent out and so many different loans. You know, it's yeah, they haven't had as many opportunities maybe as the likes of Eric Dyer and Davidson Sanchez have had. But for me, we need much better. Um, be interesting to see what he does with the likes of Tanganga. Um, you know, Skip, as you say, you know, Hoiberg's been linked with a move away. For me, if we can get anywhere near 35, 40 million, Chris, I'd be selling him because... Although, well, again, he's probably not top for us for sales, but if we can get that kind of money and reinvest in a more ball-playing play, ball playing midfielder that would suit um, Ange's system, I would go for that because Bentecourt's out there at least November. And as we've seen with players with ACLs, Chris, there's no guarantee he'll come back the same player. So, you know, as much as I hope he does, there's no guarantee he's going to be he's going to be coming back at the same level. So I think we're a midfielder short, even with Madison coming in. And it's, 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 it's looking like from reports, Chris, that... Uh, Pasta Cogley doesn't fancy Hoiberg um, as he's as he's number six. So you'd imagine Basuma's going to play there. So Hoiberg's got an opportunity to move to Atletico. He wants to move from what what we're what we're hearing. If we can get good money, Chris, I'd be selling up. I would be surprised, Gareth, if if, if everyone went because if Spurs were looking to offload players like Hugo Lloris this summer, Davinson Sanchez, etc., what's the point in taking them? on that tour. What's the point in taking them on the plane if Spurs are actively trying to sell them this summer? I think the problem is, Chris, if you if you if you don't take them, it's just telling everybody that you're that you're not they're not valuable at all. So you're just decreasing their value. You know, people are going to be made aware that you're you know what I mean you, that you, that you don't want them. So they're going to become cheaper. Um you know so they've all been training, haven't they, Chris? They haven't been sent off to train with the reserves. I know a lot of players are coming back this week from the internationals. So it'll be interesting to see what happens this week. But yeah um, I I would imagine they'll take most, if not everyone. Um, I think the players that are left out, it, it just doesn't do your chances any better of selling them. Um, but it's 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 one for him, Chris. You know, it, it, it seen it last year. You know, what what did it do leaving and Don Belly out and players like that? Sure, we just ended up sell, sending them on loan anyway and got no money for them. So I think if, yeah. if these players come on and do a wee bit in preseason and then you can maybe give a wee bit of value for them, it's a tricky one, Chris, because I'm sure there's probably players there he already doesn't want there. Um, but he has yeah. to try and make it look like he wants somewhere for for value, like so. It's very very difficult. Just, Chris, it just shows you this podcast that there's still a lot of problems at the club. And yeah, it really. Yeah. Like, like Simone was saying there about finishing top four. Chris, if we don't be ambitious this year, every other team is going to improve, and then next season becomes more difficult to get into the top four. We're just going to yeah. keep dropping back. For me, I think we're three or four players away. We could be six, seven, eight players away next year because you know Liverpool haven't spent a lot of money. So if they, you know, you know, if they if they save up and go go back next year, United at the moment are in the midst of an ownership debate. If their owners come in halfway through the season, then next season they're going to spend a lot of money. Chelsea are going to spend money once they get selling all these players. Arsenal look like they're going to go from strength to strength. Pains when they see it. 
Man City are still going to be Man City. So if we let this slip, Chris, we're going to be fighting for, you know, seven faith again. And that's not good enough for this club. So, Mary, let's come to you. Same question. And I also wanted to add a few others. Um, of course, Napoli won Serie A last season with Tongi on Dombele. And, uh, you know, another player returning to Tottenham with a trophy no. or with a medal. And uh, Destiny Udogi played for Udinese. Uh, can you update us how them two got on in Serie A last season? Yeah. Uh, Udogi, guys, is a more left wing back than a proper left winger. This has to be very, 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 very clear. And he's more a left wing back than... Uh, a left back. This has to be very, very clear as well. So I don't know how can he be very, very useful to Ange to build a new, a new, a new Tottenham. Tangi Dombele, guys, is um, is a mystery. He's a mystery of of humanity because uh, even if Naples won the Scudetto last season. He never managed to play uh, a very, very important part for Naples last season. So uh, I saw many YouTube videos for sports in the last couple of, of, uh, of days. They shared Tangin Dombele being the main character, but I strongly think that uh, it's not the, rea- the right answer to build again because Tangin Dombele is the first one that that uh, he needed to understand that uh, football is great when you played it without the ball. Because when you had the ball, Tangedo Bele was one of the best midfielders in Europe in the last three or four or five years. But when you don't have, didn't have the ball, Tangedo Bele started to, to, to struggle. So I'm looking forward to not to see him again wearing the great white Spurs jersey. Simone, are you looking forward to pre-season? And uh, who do you think will not get on that plane? Do you think Ange Postacoglu will leave anyone behind? Yeah, I'm not looking forward to see Reguilon. Of course, we are, we were talking about Ndombele. <laughs> but Perisic, Reguilon, maybe Sessegnon... I think that uh, we are talking about someone that um, is not anymore. They are not anymore part of uh, the future plans, the future plans for sports. So I'm expecting new voices. I'm expecting new faces. So we'll see. We'll see, Chris. We'll see what is going to happen. Uh, in, one, in one month, everything, everything can change. Absolutely. Melvin, same question to you. Do you think Ange Postacoglu will leave anyone behind? I have no idea, Chris. It's such... Because you don't know what they're doing in, pre, in pre-season. So it's we can only gauge and, and comment from, from what we saw last season. So it's such a complicated season, like it always is. And um, But I, I just say this, I'm just excited just to see... What the guys doing, you know, with, with the squares, with the squares, with 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 the team, and and um, how we're gonna play next season. I think even even if it's not the best football and we're not winning, I just want to see attacking football again. And yeah. um, I, try, I I was gonna say this before, but I was talking about Skip. I just want to see 
really, really exciting attacking football. I want to, I want the Spurs stadium to start buzzing again, the atmosphere to improve. Like the away matches this season, there was a few away games that were absolutely insane from the TV and the Spurs fans were electric all season, the away fans. But at home, it was absolutely terrible. And I really wanted to go back. And, and, and if we're playing really well and the atmosphere starts to pick up, I think this is really important. It's something we can do and it's not really connected to the team. I think Ange Postacoglu really has to send a message to the, to the fans and be like, listen, from day one, we need to really give it a go. And I'm really excited for the first home game. And, and, and I really want to go early in the season, even though we might not be winning. But I really want us to to pick up the atmosphere like it used to be or, or try to emulate, you know, the last season at White Hart Lane. I remember those seasons. The atmosphere was absolutely electric. And it used to help with the team. And I think... Yes, the football's been terrible, but the atmosphere has not been good at White Hart Lane, and there's various problems for the team and other and other things. But against Man U, if the atmosphere is not absolutely rocking, and 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 we get the chance within the first five minutes, and you start to see this really flowing football, you know, Madison, Son, Kane, and. And I and this free flowing football, and it ju- it just you just get excited thinking about it. I really look forward to that moment, and really hope, you know, let's say we score the first goal or or, or win the first game and score a couple of goals. It could really kick off the season, and I'm really looking forward to see what we're gonna be like on the range. Not just the football, even the the experience of going to the stadium, people excited again. People, people looking forward to the games. I think last season, we di- I didn't want to talk about spares with my friends. I was so I I I, I, did, I don't I want to say I hated spares, but I was not looking forward to the games, and, and and it was so horrible. And I'm really excited now. I'm really looking forward to the preseason because if we start to see glimpses of this attacking football on the range, who cares about the formation? Who cares about who plays? But if if we really give it a go and give it 100% and we start to see things that, you know, all players can show 100%, you know, in these games, all of them can do it. These are things, these are tangibles that Pochettino used to put in the team. I think Ange will try to replicate it in his own way. He will try to find motivation inside of them. And, and this is what I look forward to the most. I want to see the Spurs players die on the pitch every single game for 38 games a season and in the Cups. <laughs> Something that we didn't speak to, we didn't mention, we don't have European football while six, seven other clubs do. And I think this is something no one says. This is going to be a big factor in the season. We're going to have players rested for, for a whole week and Ange to, to, to train them and, and, and do all of that kind of stuff in the background. Gareth, you'll know you're, you're a coach. So he'll have he'll have all this time, and I'm I'm buzzing about this season. I messaged you, Chris, this week, and I said I am so excited about this season. I don't care about the centre back situation. Let and Levy, what did I reply? Yeah, let Levy let Levy worry about that and the club. No, I'm just Melvin, as a fan, you, I'm, I'm, I'm not worried. Honestly, Chris, I'm not worried. When, when them, you messaged me, when you messaged yeah. me and said I'm so excited, what what did I message back? Uh, we've still, still got, we've still got Eric Dyer. Don't get too excited. Yeah. 
Thank God, sad. Like if he, if 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 if, if, if Postecoglou gets help and he shifts some of these players out and gets some proper players on, I have every confidence we can make a top four. But if you yeah. have Eric Dyer and Davis and Sanchez playing games next year in the Premier League, then you may pray to God and hope for a miracle because yeah. you're only as good as your players, do Chris? And we all know that as as you know as fans and as football coaches, you're only as good as what you have as well. You know, and if he can't legislate for Eric Dyer trying to head it back to Vicario and he sells him short and we're two, we're, we can see the goal at home. You're not going to get positivity in the state, amen, because it's just back to the same old crap. So for me, shift out and get some proper players on, and I do think they can make a top four. Yeah, like like I said, I think this season, oh, I'm, I really need to throw this chair away. <laughs> I'm just starting to realize how much it squeaks. But yeah, um, I'm re- I'm re- like I said, I'm just excited for the season. And last season, I just wasn't excited anymore, even though we had an elite manager. And I, I just wasn't excited. And this season, you know, the things we're starting to do, I'm just excited to see Tottenham again and, and, and with an attacking manager, which is going to be huge. And, and lots of yeah. Spurs fans love that. Absolutely love that. And me, me included. In the beginning, I didn't care. We used to say, we used to say, oh, we just want to win football games. We don't care about the... I used to say that about Jose... I used to say that about Nuno and Conte. I used to say, I just want to win the games. I don't care how he, how they do it. I've, I I went back to this thing where if we play attractive football and attacking football and we give it a go, I'm behind that. I, I rather much lose 4-3 or, or win 4-3 than win 1-0. And I'm looking forward to that. And I'm uh, like I messaged you last week, Chris, I'm really excited for this season because we're doing the right things. we we do them in a in, in a Tottenham way, the Levy way, and it's that's annoying. All of that's annoying, but I don't want to get into all of that stuff. I don't care what fee we, we pay. Just get the players in that we need to improve. And next season, we're not a million miles off. I mean, we finished fourth under Conte. And, and, and last season, we had injuries. We had the most complicated season I've ever seen in my life. And, and I've been watching Spurs for, for 20 years now. And... And I think this season it's, we're not a million miles off. And with Chris, the sorry, I'll make, that I'll make one point. Sorry, Chris. See, um, with this new Champions League as well, it's likely that Fuff will get you into the Champions League next season for the following season because mm-hmm. the rules are changing and there's going to be 36 teams. Um, so if we can't finish in the top five because the manager wasn't packed, then that's not good enough. You know, finishing Fuff place in the Premier League is going to get you into the Champions League. There's no excuses for me. Like, so you know, if, if I, w- I would rather much see. Le- Pasta Cogley backed and fail, then Pasta Cogley try and coach with one hand type behind his back. Because Melvin is right about one thing. We will have to win games four or three if we've got Sanchez and Dyer at the back. <laughs> do you think do you think we'll finish within the top four, top five? Do I you think, think if we get some proper defenders on, we have a chance. But if we've got Sanchez and Dyer, you, you could be anywhere no, between no. sixth and tenth. They're, they're not they're obviously not gonna be there next season. Do, uh, if you look at the players we're being linked to, they're gonna be playing next season. They're gonna I don't be, think there's anything obvious. Play. I don't think there's anything obvious, Melbourne. I, that, that's why I think that if we've got any chance of finishing in the top five next season, um, it must be fantastic players must come in this window and we have to have a ruthless window in offload. I think the, the most important thing is offloading some of these players as well as signing real quality players. And I just hope that Antipostokoglu gets there. I know we're all going to, or Spurs, most Spurs fans should give him patience, but there will be an expectation from the board for him to finish in a certain spot um, in the Premier League table because European football 
for Tottenham Hotspur Football Club is so, so important. And they will still expect European football, although they want to give him patience and time. Um, but us fans, you know, particularly when I've read out those uh, those ticket prices to to, to match going fans, um, you know, we deserve to be watching real quality on uh, on the football pitch at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. And I do agree with you, Melvin. I am excited about having a manager in now about playing super attacking football. You know, we keep hearing this. And over the last few weeks since Postacoglu has been appointed, we're all getting excited about entertaining football. I just hope that that is delivered, um, you know, from pretty much the off, where we can see small signs, small glimpses of, of what is to come, you know, so we can get excited and, uh, you know, score a lot of goals. But it does worry me about that defensive back line. And I just hope that it is addressed because... Um, not only in this window, we have needed defensive reinforcements in previous windows and it hasn't happened. And I just really, really do hope that this is the window where it's really addressed. It doesn't it doesn't bother me that it hasn't happened yet, because it's clear by the amount True. of goals we, we conceded last season that that's a key, key problem. It doesn't bother me that it hasn't happened yet. I think it will happen. It's it just it just needs it takes time. I think. Transfer window is tricky. There's lots of vari- variable things going on. I think I think you sometimes we're linked with all these players. You never know. Even Spurs say they they work in an op, op, like an opportunity way. What if a big defender comes in into the mix? There's lots of variable things that could happen in the transfer window. Let's say Bremer from Juventus becomes available, for example. There's lo- lots of things that could happen. It doesn't bother me. I think. I think I think I, it's about I, I think it's about top targets though, Melvin. I think that's what frustrates yeah, yeah. a lot of fans right? looking for looking we, for bargains. We 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 have the top targets and we don't quite get the top target of uh, of who we really wanted. Then we end up with a you know a third or fourth or fifth Chris, choice. Chris, which, perfect, uh, that's example, what, that's what, perfect example. The centre back on the Man City. We were we wouldn't pay fifty million euros for him a couple of seasons ago, and now he's going to Man City for a hundred million euros. You know that's that's the kind of how many players have we been on for? They didn't know, look at Bastoni for Inter Milan in the Champions League this season. You know we want that home. You know th- these players are are are, are going to come in and instantly improve your team. But we yeah. see they're going saying Langley as a stopgap, and we're even talking about getting Langley back in again for another stopgap. You know what big club works like that? You know that this is the problem. Unless we're going to show real ambition, how can he ask and how can he seriously ask Ange Postecoglou to get us into the Champions League football next year if he's got Sanchez and Dyer? As 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 play, playing games next season, who have failed us for years, you know they won't play next season. They won't. They won't play next season. They'll, they'll won't play. play. I certainly hope not. Sanchez will be sold, and Dyer will be just on the bench. They won't but play injury, games next in, season. Injuries, injuries are a big part of football. Yeah, but we have thirty-eight games this season, and and a couple of cup games. We don't have. We have a whole week between games. They're going to be rested. They're going to be rested. Well, any game, yeah, they, they, yeah, they can, they can. But it's it's going to be a long season, and there's going to be options. I I doubt Sanchez is going to be sold, and I don't know. I I don't think they're going to be playing next season at all, hardly at all. I think the back line is going to be completely new back line. I think people keep pressing this point, and and I think Spurs fans have been patient for so long, and all of a sudden we're not. We're not. We just need to see transfers happen right away with big money. I think we just need to let them, let, let them do the things behind the scenes and we'll see the results. I think we'll see the results January, February, March when we're you know within top four and we're playing and, and, and it's, we need to be I think we're being too 
how do you say? Well, well Melvin, people, see, for example, right? If Solomon signs and we sign Langley on a free transfer, there's yeah. Madison for 40, Vicario for 17 million, Solomon free Langley. There's four players, and we spent 57 million on four players. Yeah, that Pedro Poro, Kulisevsky, Pedro Poro, Kulisevsky, and there's about two or three that are, are going to happen. So we need, we need yeah, to be spending more just panicking. to get your top targets on. I'm not saying well, spend for the sake are, of it. People are wait, panicking it's because Arsenal spent 105 million all of a sudden. No, no, but it's, but it's oh, obvious, so it's obvious that we want Kapsuba. And it Bayern doesn't, it doesn't matter, it doesn't matter how much you spend. It doesn't matter how much you spend. We keep no, saying agree. this. It I agree with listen, that. Ndombele and Lucenso cost 100 million and they've done F all for about four years. I know Listen, what you're saying. We can buy we can other 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 clubs buy defenders for five million and they're absolute gems. You look at AC Milan, they bought a couple of players for like twenty million, and their back line is better than ours. Yes, Melvin, I'm not, I'm, not that, I'm not saying matter. that you the can't find Varney. What I'm saying to you is it's obvious we want Tapsuba and we want Van de Ven, so we go and pay the money that it's gonna to cost to get them. I'm not saying go and spend it for the sake of spending it. But go and sign. If you want Tapsuba, you pay the forty million. If you want Vicky Van de Ven, you pay the thirty million. You get the yeah, money. But you know, you know how Levy is. He's always going to negotiate these things all the way down. That how and then I we end up. And then we end up with Langley on a free transfer. No, you just have to be patient. You just have to be. Patient. These defenders, one of one or two of them are going to come. Apologies, Chris. Apologies, Chris. On your luck, they come back on. Samari, what do you want to say? No, 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 I stand by my side, guys. I stand by my side. I agree with both Gareth and, uh, and Melvin. And I agree with Melvin that uh, the backline for Milan, SC de Milan, is absolutely top. But, you know, uh, and he knows more than me that if they manage to sell Hernandez, they become a, a middle-table team in terms of <laughs> defensive lineup. So it all depends on... What they really, what they really wants to do. So I absolutely agree with Melvin. I absolutely agree with Gareth. So I share completely what they really wanted uh, wanted to say, guys. Well, of course, we are all passionate Spurs fans. We all want the same thing. We all want entertaining football next year under Ange Postecoglou. We all want a couple of uh, very decent signings in this transfer window, particularly in the defensive area. Um, we could talk all night about transfers. We could talk all night about Tottenham Hotspur. Uh, we've been going for nearly two hours. So thank you so much for all of your time. And uh, thank you to everybody watching and listening. Um, Gareth, thanks so much for joining us again. Um, please tell everyone where, everyone where they can find you and your podcast. Yeah, so at Gareth Hotspurs on Twitter, you'll see the links to the YouTube channel, uh, 12 Man Podcast. Uh, a lot of local people be on, but we do try and get people on from uh, across the water too. Um, you know, we had Adam McDade on, who's actually from Derry, where I'm from. Um, he actually does photo shoots with Harry Kane and Full Foden. He loves us in London. So it was good to hear from him. We try and get different we're trying to get we're trying to get different guests on from different backgrounds. So we've had coaches on, we've had a we've had somebody on to his photo shoots. We're looking to get fuzzios on, they could talk about injuries and stuff. So all different um sort of work related football jobs. And then we also talk, it's more of a Premier League podcast. So it's not just Spurs, it's we talk Man United, Chelsea, Liverpool, Arsenal, because unfortunately, Chris. Not as many Spurs fans in Ireland as there is in North London. So we have to try and provide something that's good for everyone. But look, good to get it back on again. Um, I had it going during COVID and so, so many people enjoyed it. So um, no, we'll try and get we'll try and get as many uh, guests on as we can. And hopefully everyone keeps enjoying the podcast. Uh, Chris, you as well. Congratulations on making 85,000 subs. Um, you're, I'd say by 
um the end of the season you'll you'll have your 100k um fantastic content for all spurs fans and you know i don't get to see every show because i'll be coaching or working but I always watch them on playback and you know brilliant for brilliant for the fans they have the even me and melvin i want to pull his hair out at times but he's a passionate spurs fan but um you know it's great to have different debates with different fans and uh, Simone, for his, for his input as well, being an Italian journalist is fantastic. So, Chris, let's be positive. New season, new new hope. So, come on, you Spurs. Gareth, if you're saying be positive, uh, something must be right. <laughs> well, do you know what? I'm a fan of the manager. I haven't been a fan of the last three managers, so I'm I'm very positive in terms of Ian's Postacoglu. I think he'll try and do the right things, um, but he does need help from above. Because, as I said, um, if if you if you're looking for a miracle, you may go to the desert in 33 AD and bring Jesus Christ back because, you know, you need help. Melvin, thanks so much for joining us again. Uh, where can people find you? Yeah, I'm, I'm usually on Twitter. Yeah, yeah, you can see my handle there. Um, I'm usually quite active and, and comment. And uh, I just love that whole thing, looking at transfers and listening to like what Spurs fans are saying and the atmosphere and, and, and the opinions of, of most people. I usually reply and comments and stuff like that and engage with most Spurs fans and obviously through through the channel met met many people I met Simone in uh, outside the stadium and and hopefully I see Gareth this season no um, you don't you don't um, want to see me Melvin you don't want to see me Matt. I'll you buy you me. I'll buy you, you a beer I'll, I'll buy you a beer don't worry and, and, we'll, <laughs> and, and, and we'll forget all, we'll forget about everything and and hopefully hopefully you know the the I'm correct and you're correct and it doesn't doesn't matter. Hopefully Spurs do really, really well. Hopefully, you know, Eric Dyer lifts the Premier League. Who cares? If Eric Dyer if Eric Dyer somehow lifts the Premier League, I think Chris will buy, you know, a signed shirt and hang it behind him. But it's obviously it's obviously not you know you never you never know about these things. But I'm just saying that I'm so excited about this season. You know, I love coming on and, and joking with you guys. Hey, you're going to have to start testing about... on these podcasts, mate. You're going to have to start testing us for see what's on our system because I'm starting to, I'm starting to worry about Melvin. So, Murray, thanks so much for coming on again. Really enjoyed your input um, this evening. Uh, where can people find you? Thank you. Thank you, guys. First of all, I got emotional when I read uh, one minute ago someone uh, writing off wedding guards from, uh, from Barbados. And then, of course, guys, uh, Gareth, it's been an absolutely pleasure to get to know you. And uh, both Chris and uh, Melvin, you you already know that uh, I absolutely appreciate you. I, I love you. So, guys, it's been absolutely, as always, uh, uh, a pleasure. So, uh, you can find me on, uh, on Instagram, Simone Doc Deluamo 21 And uh, love you, guys. Come on, you spurts. Simone, Melvin, Gareth, thanks so much for your time this evening. And uh, as I said, hopefully Ange Postacoglu will have a really good first season and uh, a good start as the new Spurs head coach. Pre-season is just round the corner. Uh, we'll be back with some more shows very, very soon. Until then, come on, you Spurs. days are great but there's nothing quite like playing at home the same goes for mcdonald's 
Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavourless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm. 